Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Lady Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam McIntyre. I'm a career coach, a career expert, and I know a thing or two about tech, having spent the last 30 years working in tech. Welcome to this week's episode of the Lady Leadership Podcast. This week I'm revisiting an episode that I recorded with Dr. Amy Silver where we talk about fear. So is fear actually eating your potential? And, you know, is it your internal voice that maybe is holding you back from your true potential and what can you actually do about that? So have a listen um, as Amy and I talk about fear and how fear shows up. And I know that you're going to be able to, you're absolutely going to love this episode. So have a listen. Cheers. And I've heard that, you know, fear is there, you know, going back in the ages, fear is there to to keep you safe, but we're not mm-hmm. necessarily in those, those same circumstances anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So the way that our brain was created was to sense fear and to use that fear-based reaction that we have, which is a very biological chemical reaction that that works brilliantly to warn us of danger. And that that was kind of a is really the primitive part of our brain that does that. But we have evolved, you know, our, the very clever part of our brain does need to get involved and decide, well, do I need to respond to that trigger? um, Or can I intervene with the clever part of my brain and have a conversation with myself, which means that I don't have to react to it. And I think that's the lesson that that we have missed somewhere is that we actually can gain control, not necessarily of the initial trigger, but what we do with that trigger. And the reason that I called the book, The Loudest Guest is because when we get triggered and that fear voice comes in saying pull away or attack and defend you know that classic sort of fight or flight response um if it's talking really loudly it it can dominate and choose our responses for us and ultimately we want to be in a position where we can use the fear voice and get guidance from it because as you say sometimes it keeps us very safe and gives us great information, um, and we don't want to lose it. We don't. We certainly don't want to be fearless. That would be crazy to imagine that we could be fearless, or you know, foolish to imagine that we want to be. But we do want to get into a place where the clever part of our brain can assess how much we want to take on board and how much we don't. Because what I know is that there's a lot of people who habitually respond to that fear voice and don't even know that they've kind of given over control to that fear voice and then that leaves us uh, moving away from our long-term goals and wondering why we can't get there and actually it's just because we've been listening to our fear voice way too much. Mm. And what would be like some good examples of that then? So for for individuals it, it can either look um, often like avoidance or arcing up so let's take the avoidance first it can look like um or let's take the very simple fears the very simple fears are things like we're frightened of spiders or we're frightened of heights or dogs or something very focused but the more um generalized version of it is let's think about it as an avoidance thing so it could be about something like not wanting to speak up in a meeting or not wanting to tell your truth or not wanting to Put yourself in the in the way of failure, potential failure, and it could be 
something like not wanting to um, have a courageous conversation, give feedback, receive feedback, or to, to make a deeper relationship in case you get hurt. So all of those are examples where fear can start to get involved. And if we really listen to it, what it tells us is this is a risk that you're about to face into. And one of the ways that I can keep you safe is what fear is saying, is to tell you to pull back, put your hand down, avoid eye contact, don't say those words, keep quiet, don't, don't say, don't take that opportunity because you may put yourself at risk. So it's giving you all these little messages saying, sit down, stay quiet, keep your head down, you know, don't, don't show yourself up. And again, if you do that habitually, you end up with a much smaller potential. You know, you, you can't get there because you, you're avoiding the very thing that's going to help you progress into that bigger, braver self. So that's the avoidant side. And then there's the arcing up side, the, the more aggressive side, the defensive side. And I'm sure, you know, people will recognize both of these avoidance and um, attacking patterns but the avoid the attacking patterns look a little bit more like if somebody says something which I perceive as being threatening I may come back really quickly with a put down for them or I may start to blame them for something or put my hand up simply to say stop but it can come across as um, aggressive or um, defensive it can maybe be irritableness and you know feeling really irritated when somebody um tries to do something which I perceive a threat. So those are the, the, the main categories are avoidance and attack. Yeah, I kind of was, as you were going through those, I was thinking about my 13-year-old. <laughs> we'll use him as an example. He doesn't listen to the podcast. So. Um, We're all right. <laughs> he might do in the future, but I often he'll like, def, you know, tidy your room or, or whatever or you know he'll kind of deflect you know he'll say well your room doesn't look that tidy <laughs> yeah. you haven't done whatever or you said you were going to you know and it's like and I kind of have to remind me remind him that we're not talking about me we're talking about him and that type of thing so yeah and I, I sort of think it's you know again the reason I called it the loudest guest is because I sort of imagine you know a, a good old party in my head you know and I've got all these guests, I've got fear, I've got excitement, hope, joy, all these different guests in my party. And if I really tune into one of those guests, or that guest is following me around the party telling me what to do. Um, ultimately, if I run the party through just that one lens, I end up really with quite a biased um, world, you know, and I, and I either do this, you know, defense or attack um, thing, or I avoid and I get smaller. And neither of those are actually what me as the host want to do. And I think if we can learn to accept that fear is coming along for the ride anyway, it's one of my guests, but it's not necessarily my only guest. There are many others that I can tune into. And I may want to listen to what fear says and then say to fear, you know what, I've got your message. Thanks for coming to the party. I know what you want me to do now. Thank you. You've spotted all the risks. Now go take a seat at the back of the party because I want to tune in to see what hope says or excitement or any of the other beautiful emotions that I've got so that I can make my assessment about how I want to run my party. And then I need to you know, learn how to 
manage those emotions so they they don't come in and sideswipe me at any time but I like that idea of, of speaking to these different emotions assessing them and kind of going okay you want me to say to my mother no you tidy your room uh, because that's an, a good avoidance strategy but does that actually help me get to where I want to be either in the relationship or in my room tidy or you know my my other goals that may get get impacted if I don't tidy my room so we want that clever part of the brain to to get involved and to me that clever part is acknowledging what fear has to say but evaluating it and saying do I want to listen to it Mm. is it is it worthwhile in this instance or should I be reaching into some of my other perspectives yeah Yeah. and and is it going to serve me because fear is often drawing us to a very short-term response to whatever's going on it's um it's a short-term reaction whereas what we want is often a longer-term goal and so, you know, we really have to sort of go, okay, I'm, I'm listening to you, fear. I understand the message. Now I'm evaluating it. Is it useful? Is it is it valuable? Is it helpful? Do I like it? And if so, um, that's fine. I'll listen to it. But if not, I want to do what what's going to help me with my goals. And so what are some of the recommendations that you talk about in the book to, to you know, move past this, so to speak? Or, and do you see people kind of, do people do, do people do both things? Do they do avoidance and mm. do they do sort of attack? Uh, mm. Like they do both and then, yeah, how could they? I think it's, I suppose it's when you look at people, some people say in relationships and they kind of continue mm. to have the same sorts of relationships mm-hmm. with people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, look, I think the very first step for whatever the presentation is, you know, however it kind of um, shows up, is to understand how and, and where and why fear is getting involved in your decision. So, you know, you, sort of something like, um, you know, being a control freak or something like that, or having FOMO, you know, fear of missing out or um, the, you know, the difficulty in saying no to people or taking too much on or perfectionism, all these things have a huge element of being driven by fear. So understanding where that comes from and how much of it is present is a really beautiful gift that you can give yourself. And that, and the first chapter in my book is, is called Recognition because it's really important to understand not just those one-off things that we do, but these patterns that we that we play, as you say, that can just keep repeating themselves. And we, if we don't identify them as a repeated pattern, we can often use the circumstances to to blame. And um, that that is not a um, a deep self responsibility place. You know, that is a, a place of sort of pushing pushing it outwards. It's their fault. It's the situation's fault. Um, if I hadn't have found myself here, you know, it wouldn't have happened. And actually often the way in which we have built a relationship with our emotions is, is a really good key um, to unlocking what we could do. And I think we do have, um, I certainly personally have plenty of avoidance and plenty of arcing up when my fear sort of voice starts to take over. So I think we are capable of both ends, but I do think that what I'm finding when people are reading the book is that they are identifying more fear than they thought that was there mm. and, and because they have gone, oh, my God, I didn't realise when I get 
irritated with X, Y, and Z, that that's because I'm worried about losing control or it's because I'm nervous that they're going to, um, you know, fall, fail or something. So there's a, f- a fear element to our lives that we're carrying and making choices around that actually until you spend time turning towards your fear and, and building a relationship with it, you actually don't know how much of your life is being run through that lens. I think that's really interesting, the point you said about, you know, um, realising that you're going to arc up or that you're going to get annoyed, sort of, yeah, having that realisation mm. of it, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing to to get to a stage where you kind of go oh I've been triggered (laughs) and um there I go again this is what you know and what I want to do is you know tell that person to be quiet or shut up or uh, not see that person again or pull back or laugh it off or say yes when I actually want to say no or it's good to start to spot those patterns because as soon as you can, you know, the closer that you can get to understanding it in the moment, the more choice points you've got to do something different and kind of go, hang on a minute, that's my habit. That's what I want to do. That's what fear wants me to do. But what is going to serve me best? And I guess back to your point about the, the tips in the book and towards the end of the book. So the first half of the book is really just getting deeper and deeper understanding of your fear voice and a deeper understanding that your fear voice is not your voice. Um, It usually belongs to somebody else. And the closer you can get to the narrative. Yeah, that's interesting. What do you mean by that? It normally belongs to someone else. So normally when, you know, some people are really good at um, spotting their internal narrative. You know, they can actually sit with a pen and paper and just write what what the fear voice says. Um, if you get really skilled at it, you can often give it, you know, um, some color by understanding, is it a male or a female voice? What sort of language does it use? Who does it remind you of? Who has spoken to you like that before? Um, who do you think of when you hear that voice, you know, as, as it's talking? Mm. And you know, one of the exercises that I like doing is grabbing a piece of paper and on one side you put you you know, you know, Samantha, and then on the other side of the page, you put um, fear. And you have a conversation and say, oh, I really want to take this next step. I really want to move forward um, on this goal or put my hand up for this opportunity or learn this new skill. Um, and then what does fear say? Fear says, you know, don't bother, you're going to fail, stay comfortable, don't push yourself. What if everyone sees you, they're just going to laugh, don't tell anyone about it keep quiet and then come back to Samantha's side and kind of go, well, I don't know whether that's strictly true. You know, who's going to laugh at me? You know, why would, why would anyone laugh at me? You know, and, and you go back to fear and you have this sort of dual conversation in the book. It, I talk about this two chair technique, which is a, a therapy technique where you literally, you know, you, you stand in both chairs or you sit in both chairs playing the different roles. And this idea of separating this voice from you and then going, you know, who would talk to you like that? Uh, where does that voice come from? What examples is that fear voice using? And very often when people start getting closer to their fear voice, you know, it's it's people from their history. Mm. It's um, And they have in their head an avatar 
of somebody I know that when I got really close to my fear voice I realized that it belonged to somebody um and obviously it's got a level of makeup believe stuff as well but there's you know when I really got close to it it belonged to somebody that I didn't even like you know it was it was an avatar that I was carrying around in my head of somebody who is in my history and somebody who basically um you know was was there in my life sort of making me feel quite bad about you know how I was moving through life so when I got close to it it was a bit like oh god what am I doing listening to that voice you know that's not that's not helpful yeah yeah and I think you know people listening to this could be thinking oh was someone you know maybe it was an old friend from school or perhaps a teacher or perhaps it was a sibling or a parent or you know that that kind of you know, someone you grew up with, that type of thing, yeah. And yeah. maybe it's some of those fears are things they said to you, for example. That's right. And often they are sort of our childlike representation, you know, of of the world, which is sometimes scary. Uh, and as you said, this is, a, this is a very evolutionary reason that this fear system is there. You know, if it wasn't there, uh, we we would not be safe, you know, mm. and, and so thank goodness it is there. It's got some fantastic things to say, but you know, a lot of the fear-based um, systems biologically that have been set up are to either keep us safe from physical harm, which is great, and um, it, all, the other reason is to keep us from being rejected by the tribe, and that is a really fundamental thing that, that still gets triggered when we feel that we are left out yeah. or rejected or putting ourselves in the potential to stand out, whether that's standing out for good reason or standing out for bad reason. We don't want to be, um, you know, pushed away by the tribe. And so, you know. And that's that, that, that evolutionary mm-hmm. requirement that, you know, you, you needed the tribe to survive, you know. That's and- right. You still yeah. do to a certain degree. We still do, but whether we need, you know, the likes on our posts or we need the <laughs> um or we need the leader to always think we're a genius, or we always, you know, um don't want to speak out of turn in a meeting if everybody knows something, we don't want to say we don't know something, you know, and, and so it gets to the stage where if you really evaluate what that fear voice is telling you, um, it can often be telling you really damaging things and so it's not a problem that it's there it's a problem that we don't know how to use it for good or for you know to to control it i hope you really enjoyed that chat with amy if you want to see the full episode then have a look i'll leave the link in the show notes so uh, have a look back at the the full episode, which is How to Stop Fear Holding You Back with Dr. Amy Silver. And, you know, next time you're sort of finding yourself in that situation, you might just want to ask yourself, is this a fear voice talking to me? Am I really, um, you know, or or is there something that I should be afraid of? Or, uh, you know, is this my childhood bully coming back to talk to me? So, 
Now, if you'd like to have a look at some of the resources that I've got on my web website, just have a look at lady-leadership. I've got a couple of great resources. One is driving your career, why you should ask for more. And this is a masterclass and this is a free masterclass to download where I give you lots of tips and hints on how you can actually move your career forward. I've also got a your next promotion checklist. So steps to actually get you there. So you wanting to move forward with your career, wanting to get a promotion, then check out that. And then I've just got this other career checklist. So, and this is around, are you doing all of these things in your role? Kind of, have you got your job covered? Um, so have a look at those and, uh, you know, reach out, hit me up and hope you're having a great day. All the best. Cheers.